Welcome to Legacy Fundraising Chat, where we talk about everything legacy-related to help you as a fundraiser generate more interest amongst your supporters in legacy giving. I'm your host, Sunita Godu, founder of Persuasion and legacy marketer, providing consultancy, training, coaching, and interim legacy support to small to medium-sized charities. I'm delighted that the National Free Wills Network is sponsoring my podcast. They allow you to offer your supporters a free solicitor written will anywhere in the UK, and the charity receives full measurable results. With 15 years of experience and over 500 million raised in future income for charities, the network can help charities of all shapes and sizes launch and maximise their legacy programmes. To find out more, visit nationalfreewills.net. Hello, listener. Welcome back to the show. If you haven't listened back to part one, episode 45 with my interview with Rosalind, please do that. Then this will make much more sense. Here's part two of my interview with Rosalind. And in terms of people that are expressing that little bit more interest in the charity, do you have an internal policy where you might actually speak to your legacy marketing team, build that relationship further within the organisation? Yeah, so we can only use any of their details for a legitimate interest. Sure. And so that obviously the starting point is the reason that we're we're in contact with them mm-hmm. is because of the legacy that's in the will if you know through conversation or they are asking for more information then um at water aid we've got a stay in touch card which right. we can post to them mm-hmm. and then they would have to, to take the step to you know, fill it out and return it to us and then we could pass it on to our marketing team and then they could put them on a journey. I don't know how successful that is of yet but we do have something in place. Mm. Um, I think it's one of those things that it's definitely a case by case. Having something prepared if it is appropriate is a good thing but the only reason that we are speaking to to these people is Mm. is that the the purpose of the legacy so you know, they would have to provide us with their permissions and opt in to sure. receive any further information outside of, of this legitimate reason that we have for speaking to them. And do you have any examples from when you were at GOSH in relation to this, like working with the marketing team? Where maybe it was the whole family was supporting the charity. Right. So there was that kind of engagement there and we had um, a book of remembrance where we would put um, the legator's name Mm -hmm. into our book um, to remember them and that book was in the foyer Mm -hmm. in the hospital chapel and we would we would always give the family friends the opportunity to be free for either us to take a picture of the entry mm. or if they were close enough to the hospital for them to come and see the book and you know see the entry for their loved one we could also offer a tour of the hospital and obviously if you're touring the hospital then you know you are talking to the family and friends you still need to get their permission at gosh they did have um, legacy events, which we could invite um, family mm. and friends to, 
but right. you do need that permission and then if you've got that permission then and you explain that these events do take place then yeah then they can come to the event but mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely something that is led by the person that you're speaking to sure. and again it's having stuff in place that is a if it's appropriate then you can lead on to offer them that the chance to to come and, and attend um, one of those events but it could just be for them to come and see the hospital and see where they where the money is going to be yeah. used mm-hmm. um, you know and, and that's enough to to kind of spark interest because mm. it's kind of a, a drip drip I don't think you're gonna make somebody immediately decide to leave a gift if they if that wasn't on their agenda at the moment but it definitely down the line you know if they've had an experience of coming into the hospital Mm. or or meeting one of the researchers or you know or the play workers then it's definitely something that they'll take away with them and understand Mm. a little bit more Mm. about what the charity actually does at the hospital. And what's lovely, Rosalind, is that you're reinforcing the hymn sheet that we talk about as legacy marketers, is that drip, drip effect that we cannot expect those kind of immediate results and that these relationships take a lifetime to build. And we just never know when is the right time for somebody to actually want to be closer to the organisation emotionally and therefore want to support through a legacy. So thank you for sharing that. And it's good to know that organisations can feel that they can build those relationships with personal executors, because I think there is a tendency that actually they are grieving and therefore we should just do what we need to do and kind of step away. But I do think we're doing a disservice to personal executors by not giving them the opportunities to show them how their loved one's gift has made such an impact. And I don't feel that's intrusive in any way at all. Yeah, asking them if they know why um, their loved one decided to leave a gift Mm. and then giving them the opportunity to speak to you about their loved one and and share why that charity meant so much to them. Oh, you just hear such wonderful stories Mm. when somebody is ready to do that. It's just, I think, through experience, you kind of know when somebody just wants to talk about their loved one and it, and it, an opportunity that you're giving them. And then once once they're talking about their loved one, it's just such a wonderful kind heartwarming, of... Heartwarming, isn't it? It's, yeah. If you know what just, you mean, it's quite difficult to find the words. Even heartwarming yeah. doesn't really, really go there. But it, it does really give you that blow because, like you say, we'll never actually get to meet these people. Mm-hmm. And the personal executors are the next step or the, the, the closest we'll ever get to finding out yeah. what that charity meant to that person. Yeah. And often they do like the opportunity to speak about their loved one. It's like showing what their loved one was interested in. It's, yeah. it's uh, you know, the reason why they would want to support the charity. Mm. Often you find that they don't just support maybe your charity, they support other charities. It, it kind of says something about that person and, mm. and then they're just their essence lives on. Um, yes. So, yeah, so it's, it's a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I just feel very honoured. That was the word. I feel very honoured yeah. when um, somebody feels that they can share those mm-hmm. those uh, those moments with me. 
And I can really feel that. I mean, it's one of the reasons I was so keen to get you on the show, because this is an area that I do encourage all my charity clients to have a bank of these kind of legator stories, which will only ever come from personal executors. And this building of relationships, which starts with you in terms of the role that you do, because a legacy marketer cannot get direct contact with a personal executor unless you have built the relationship initially and then created that moment mm-hmm. for the personal executor to say, yes, I'm more than happy for you to invite me to an event. I'm more than happy for someone to call me. And I just think there's such a potential to collect a case study, such a strong motivation which can then be used for future marketing. And the things that I've heard in this space from speaking, for example, to the adult children who are the executors and them talking about their mother or father and actually feeling so proud of course. that their mother, for example, volunteered maybe for the organisation for 30 years, as if yeah. that wasn't enough in terms of giving to an organization, they then left a gift. And there's no resentment there. There's actually just complete pride. And the the words that I hear is, well, why would my mother not give in death when she gave in lifetime? It was just so like her. Does that resonate with you as well? Yeah, Yeah. When, when, when people start to open up about their loved ones, you do get to hear some some wonderful stories and it, you know mm. if it's the right time for them mm. then they will share with with you but obviously it's, it is a difficult time and some people just want to like tell us what you need they kind of interact with us on that level we make it a good experience for them and they're happy with that you know mm. so it is through experience then you know when people want to maybe share a little bit more with you and it you know you just you just have to go with with the person it's not kind of anything that's forced or Mm. or you know that you're kind of you know trying to push them in a direction that they don't want to go in so Mm, you know it has to definitely come from them but Mm. if you're prepared and and you have got you know information that you can share then often I've heard you know yes send it to me and then I can share it with the rest of the family oh nice you know so yes it is yeah it does make them very proud and and then if if it's something that maybe then is featured in other you know on the news or there's a a breakthrough in in another area based on what the charity's work has been doing then you know they can they can feel that sense of pride that they've helped to make this happen you know Mm -hmm. And just thinking about an example that I had very similar to that. So I had an adult child and he was saying, oh, I'm not very good with words. Can you just put the questions down on on email and I'll share it with my siblings? Mm -hmm. And I wasn't actually expecting much to come back based on that. Mm -hmm. And then his sister contacted me directly and she lived overseas. Mm -hmm. And she just said, can we do an actual proper interview? It was her that was initiating, saying there's so much I want to share about my mom. And things that she did in her lifetime. I've got all these amazing photos. Can you use them in any way? 
And it was just incredible that she was yeah. willing to give up that time. And it was so good for her just really, I guess, expressed to a non-family member and sometimes it's easier, isn't it? Yeah. When we've been through something difficult to speak to somebody who doesn't know anything about your life or the loved one, because then you can just absolutely just share yeah. whatever you want to and be quite selective yeah. <laughs> in your sharing. <laughs> I mean, people have sent us the kind of the cards from the service or they've sent um, a little bit of a bio about the their loved one. If we can provide them as an executor with a good impression, a positive impression, that's our aim. You know, we're so grateful. They've taken their time. We're so appreciative of the work that they will be carrying out because sometimes it can just be a thankless task being an executor. It's a lot of responsibility. That's our aim to to make that process as easy as possible to support them in that. And then if we do have the opportunity to to go further, then we do. But but obviously our aim is to to help them with the administration and to make sure the charity receives the entitlement. And if there's you know anything that we can do through our experience of of like valuing assets and making Mm. sure that all of the exemptions that charities are entitled to uh, are utilized then you know that that's that's all good so up until now Rosalind we've talked about all the positivity around personal executives wanting to get to know the charity and possibly want to share their stories but we know that it's not always so smiley and amazing, do we? So, I mean, I like to try and give a very balanced view on the show. So can you talk about any awkward situations where perhaps the executor has expressed their disapproval of the charity receiving money or have been quite evasive with communication and how you manage that? For the charities that I've worked for, and I've only just started working at WaterAid, so maybe not for WaterAid, but for the charities that I've worked for, um, I haven't really come across directly somebody saying that to me. But I'd say in my personal life, on the other side, where I've seen a personal executor talking about how they felt about giving a gift to a charity and not really wanting to do it, um, and then other family members telling them, no you just have to do that that's what it says Mm. in the will so yes there is that obviously I think when people communicate you don't really know the full story of 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 what they've said to their family members before they speak to you yeah you always need to be aware so I think explaining why you need certain things explaining what the will means explaining you know their duty as an executor because they've taken on that role um those things can help um having time to say what the you know what the gift might be used for but ultimately I suppose you know you you don't know necessarily what somebody is actually thinking about Mm. you know that but I I, yeah I haven't nobody's ever said that to me directly um yeah yeah 
Um, I suppose just to share my experience, so I've had a few cases where, when I worked in-house where the executor, the person executor didn't benefit. And therefore, unfortunately, in those situations, there was one person that just didn't engage with the process at all. And the charity had to make a decision whether they wanted to write off the gift or actually pursue down the kind of the, the courts on that. And there was another where an executor actually distributed the charitable gifts to a completely different set of charities in the world. <laughs> and yes and then the money needed to be clawed back so that was a interesting one so I think that the thing that it highlights is the sensitivity around your role Absolutely. And, and being on top of this yeah. and I'm always a fan of getting the cavalry in like yourself experts in that if you don't have the resource in-house to have a dedicated legacy estate management person is that it is absolutely outsourced because even if you have one tricky case it can really put a cloud over the whole legacy estate administration or even marketing legacies and I guess it's the dark side of legacies that not everybody sees. But I think as legacy marketers, we definitely need to be aware of this. And I'm actually very aware of it because of these experiences that I've had is that when I'm talking about, to people about legacies and talking to my clients is that I often encourage them that where they have a good relationship with their pledger, and that person has family and they've actually disclosed that they are not going to leave anything to the family, that if they feel safe and confident to do so, is have that conversation with the family yeah. to avoid a contested yeah. will. If, if you can see any issues, deal with them as soon as possible. Yeah. As I say, you know, explaining what their role actually means, what are their duties. Mm. They've, they've taken on this role as executor and they have duties um what the will means it's a legal document if you can kind of get them to understand those things mm -hmm. then maybe some not all but maybe some of of the issues that they they may have they they may then in reflection think well that's what the legator wanted yes you know yeah. maybe yeah. it's not how they would um want to you know direct things if it was them but to just understand that they're now in the shoes of that person and mm. they need to carry out their wishes mm. and if you, if you can get them to that point themselves mm. to understand that that that's what they're doing they're carrying out carrying out somebody's wishes if there's a reason why that will isn't valid then that then, yeah, that's a completely different um scenario mm. but if the will's valid and they they've taken on the role as executor then they need to carry out the wishes that are in the will mm. that's a really good point actually Rosalind. is that the executor is acting as if they are that person their loved one mm. and therefore they need to think about what they would have absolutely wanted whether they think it's right or not and mm -hmm. um, I really like that as a point yeah. actually. Yeah, so you know if you if you can it's it's like having lines of communication because 
they're going through so many emotions. So maybe if you can just get them to obviously just reiterate, well, you are the executor, you know, you, you are carrying out the wishes of, of this person and then get them on your side. That's lovely. Thank you. And because you really understand legacy marketing, in terms of giving my listener one piece of advice, what would you suggest that they could be putting in place in readiness for a personal executor that wanted a little bit more information or was willing to kind of have a conversation? What do you think that personal executor needs at that point? I often think that start the starting point is how is that gift going to be used um how is it helping the beneficiaries of the charity mm-hmm. and and then building on that from from that point and then as you would with any kind of supporter showing how the beneficiaries are helped by the charity and you and the charity can't function without the funds to to let it you know kind of operate so mm-hmm. um, a legacy of whatever size mm-hmm. is is assisted in that so demonstrating that and showing that in whatever way you can and giving the personal executor any opportunity that you would offer to a supporter to get involved mm-hmm. you know at the level that they're happy to do mm-hmm. and engaging with them um, mm-hmm. you know I mean it has to be something that they're interested in and, and, and a cause that, that they want to help with. Um, and then, yeah, just giving them the opportunity to do that, really, and, mm-hmm. and explaining what their help in whatever way they, they can help through volunteering, through donations, mm-hmm. through spreading the word about the charity to leaving a legacy, you know, and then demonstrating how that is going to be used and and, mm-hmm. and the the kind of impact that it will have on the beneficiaries. The thing that really stands out from what you've said is the loved one being at the centre of that conversation. Absolutely. On how, very similar to in-memory gifts in that often the memory in-memory donor is has that affinity with the, the loved one rather than the charity and they will donate in a memory of that person and I do that as well I support charities in memory of my loved one rather than the charity itself because it could be any charity that my loved one could have supported and that's and that's the one that I just choose to and I suppose then that leaves its own legacy doesn't it in terms of can this person's memory live on mm-hmm. beyond that initial gift on how that gift is used and what are the the other the other opportunities within that to kind of extend that and i guess that that falls then into the, a, a very in memory program is how i see it i mean at um Great Ormsfield Hospital Children's Charity, as you say, we had a book of remembrance, mm. which a lot of the families thought that was a, a lovely idea. You know, you could ask them, did you want to have your loved one's name added to the book? And we had it written in by a calligrapher. Yeah. So it was it just looked lovely. So just knowing that that was there, that you know, they were thought of and they were among other people that had had also decided to leave a gift to the a legacy gift to the charity. They could come and on the day 
Um, so the, their name was written in on the day that they died. And each day that oh, page yeah. was was opened on the day. So if they did oh, come, no. then they would see it. But it, obviously, if they didn't come on the day that they died, then yeah. Yeah. they could still look yeah. through the book. Yeah, having something tangible, again, it's not not every charity is going to have have that that mm. you can say well come and you know come and see mm. where we're spending your, the money this is you know mm. come and have a look mm. but it just I suppose you have to think of of the cause of the charity and how you know how, like what you do with your supporters and and how that would fit into yeah, um, a journey for a personal mm. executor and and just for my listener, obviously that tangible thing doesn't have to be at an ex- external place. It can be within their home, something that's sent to them as a memento. And I've seen charities doing amazing things in that in this space. Mm-hmm. So Rosalind, thank you so much for coming on the show. I feel like we've crammed in so much information. I imagine I'm going to get lots of questions, which is great and thank you so much you taking your time out and talking to me and my listeners it's really appreciated you're very welcome so listener how interesting was that i actually learned so much from my conversation i think the main takeaways for me are be supportive and offer assistance to personal executors whilst giving them ample time to respond. Offer them opportunities to find out how their loved one's gift has been used. And where you have consent, be brave in asking them if you can talk to them about doing a case study based on their loved one. As always, if you need support in this area, do drop me an email at sunita at persuasion.org.uk. And listener, this is also me signing off for the year and I'll be back in a fortnight's time with a jam-packed 2024 of inspiring guests and helpful ideas and practical tips as always to help you on your legacy marketing journey. Thank you so much for listening to Legacy Fundraising Chat brought to you by Persuasion, a consultancy training and coaching organisation helping fundraisers just like you. Thank you also for everything that you do for your cause in the charity sector, making it an inspiring place to work. I'm your host, Sunita Gudu, championing your legacy fundraising efforts.